Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley. Retirement Unlimited is an informative weekly radio program dedicated to offering factual information and sound advice for those wanting to know more about retirement planning. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances. Information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors, Inc. is a registered investment advisor. Now, here's Randy Barkley. Welcome to Retirement Unlimited. This is the radio program that is dedicated to helping you make smart decisions about your money. I'm your host, Randy Barkley, and I'm the president of Tricord Advisors. Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm located in Riverside, and I'm a certified financial planner. I'm here along with Jeremiah Lee, and we are fiduciaries. If you'd like to know more about our firm, I'd like for you to go to our website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com, or just simply call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011 for more information. Now, every week, what we do is we divide our program into three segments. The first part is what we refer to as retirement update. The second one is tactical asset management. And the third one is news you can use. Now, in the first segment of the program today, you know, um, this is kind of funny. I, you know, we've, we've come across this a lot, not only on a personal level, but also with our clients, Jeremiah, and that is, how do you say no to your family? When they come and they they know you're about ready to retire, you've got a lot of money, you don't have any debt. They maybe know that you have money in the bank available and they come knocking on the door and they say, can you help me out? So it, it, it's a dilemma for a lot of families. It's a dilemma for a lot of parents, frankly. It is. I mean, they've spent a lot of years <laughs> raising your kid, right? Um, investing in family. And I imagine 2020 was a year where it was open arms to family, you know, grandparents helping with childcare. Um, I know a lot of folks move back in with their parents. But as we move forward, I imagine that will come back to an equilibrium, back to a normal. So the question being, and what we've been talking about is, is how do you say no when someone uh, sees that you're retired, living the quote unquote good life and feels that they are either entitled to or that you could help them? Yeah, and I think it's, it's as almost they look and see the, um, the wealth that a parent has or has worked really hard to accumulate. And I always come back to the comment to clients is that nobody's going to appreciate your money more than you will. Because I said, nobody will realize the amount of time and sacrifice that you've put in to, to get to where you are right now. And so the advantage or disadvantage to a child or grandchild, you know, always come, always, always like, should I loan my money? Should I loan money to my child? Mm-hmm. It's a hard question. It's, it's a hard dynamic. I mean, I, I think you know, being a younger generation and being, you know, child, my parents are doing great and to discuss with them, you know, things like in those uh, realm of discussions, you know, they don't owe me anything. Right. You know, uh, people who are retiring don't owe their kids further items. You know, and I think there's a mentality that they want them to succeed and they want them to do well. Um, I, I hear from a number of clients that they are struggling with the idea that they somehow owe or need to help their kids. And these are clients in their 60s. You know, their kids are in their 40s. Right. Um, but still having this idea that they need to be a parent role. I don't know if that's emotionally that they haven't transitioned. Well, fully, I, or- I think there's some enabling that's happened. Obviously, if a child hasn't grown up to a maturity level that they're able to take care of themselves and they always are going back. I mean, I've talked to parents where their children are perpetually in school 
Mm. never seem to graduate, mm. always going down the road. And next thing you know, they're helping to pay for tuition for, it seemed like 10 years to get mm. them out of their bachelor's degree. I think that's a little bit, a little bit over the top, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think the, when you come down to it and with our clients, we talk about this a lot, it's kind of the boundaries, right? Uh, what can you do and what should you do? What is enabling behavior? What is helpful behavior? Um, Cause every parent wants to spur on their kids. You know, that you see your kid thriving in something, like you said, education, they're doing well. They want to go get a master's degree and you either, you have the thoughts they could be straddled with debt or I could help them right. and wanting to step in there and wanting to do it, not in a you know a negative enabling sense, but really wanting to step in. And I think those boundaries are really valuable. And that's part of the planning that we do with our clients to say, what, what can you actually afford? Right. How much help is helpful to them and how much help would actually be harmful to your retirement? Because you have to remember end of the day, you know, they get later in life, they get into their eighties. They don't want to have to turn around and say, Hey, remember that college I helped you with? I'm out of money. I right. need you as you're raising young kids, young kids or have your expenses your own. I need you to now support me in my 80s. Right. Uh, parents often, our clients don't want to be there. Yeah. I mean, the two biggest expenses that um, that we go through in life is, first of all, accumulating money so that we have enough money so we can step into retirement comfortably. And probably the other biggest expense is helping kids get through college. I mean, mm-hmm. college right now is incredibly expensive. And it's probably the one of the things that we really help the two things that we really help our clients with is how do we how do we balance out between the two? Because college can be absolutely crippling and it can take away from a healthy retirement for a family. Yeah. So I think the collaborative approach is one that I've appreciated most where it's not saying the parents it's their obligation to pay for college right. and also not the children are on their own. But rather to say there's a collaborative approach once the child you know, is old enough to, to go to college. Because I mean, the first view that we have to talk about is scholarships. Right. If the children can get scholarships, fantastic. That's going to help. And then jobs. I mean, we have met so many kids who work all through college. And, and I think it's helpful that kids are working through college. I don't see it as a harmful or a detriment that you have to have a job and go through school. It, it's nice when you can focus on school. But um, the majority of my friends, at least, we all work through summers. Yeah. You know, we all waited tables. We all did things like that through summer. Um, but once you get through scholarships and jobs, now you're looking at loans, right? Whether the, the, the kids are taking loans, federal loans, or the, the parents are taking loans, private loans. Um, and those are the, the normal things. I think the more painful things when we start talking about taking out a, a line of credit on your house. Yeah, and it's something that, boy, I, I dig in my heels really yep. hard. I don't, I hate that. And when, when they say, well, we can always take out a loan against our house. Say, whoa, 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 stop, stop, time mm-hmm. out here. There's other ways to skin this cat. Right. And then it's not the parent's full responsibility to shoulder this. I mean, right. having a child come out with loans um, is not the end of the world. It's ideal if they're smaller and they're manageable. However, it's not that the parents didn't have to shift that load entirely to themselves. And the kids taking on loans and getting through college is, is one thing, but you know, parents can help as time would be with that. Yeah. And I think, I think the language of expectation is really, really important here. And in other words, does your child expect you to pay for everything, to shoulder all of the costs and what is their responsibility uh, to help pay for it? Well, First of all, by getting good grades in school and becoming a good student, they can be available to grants and scholarships and other things. But also, I think the conversation as early as possible, reasonably, probably junior high or even freshman or sophomore year in high school, is talk about the cost of education and how we can, not like, for example, AP classes in high school to be able to help pay for some of that college mm-hmm. by getting advanced placement courses done. But in addition to that, looking at state schools, community college, there's other options that are more expensive. To me, it's always surprising to see the number of students that want to leave the state and go to some private school completely across the country. I'm going, really? I mean, mm-hmm. does that make any sense, you know, from mm-hmm. a financial standpoint? Right. For the parents, 
of course, parents want to get their kids the best education sure. they can. But I agree. I think it's an early conversation of, of enforcing, reinforcing the, the value of the education, but also the cost that goes with it and being collaborative as a family to say, how are we going to get our kids to the school they want to go to or the process? And it, it's a collaborative process. And I think it should be. And I think that a lot of these things we're talking about right here is a matter of communication. What we try to do is sit down and talk with our clients and in some cases bring the family into the conversation as early as reasonably possible to come up with solutions, not only for, you know, if, if a child or, or somebody in your family needs some help, how best to do that, if at all, as well as to be able to put together a, an overall program that'll help you to achieve the financial cost, the college, the higher education costs without crippling your, your future. If you'd like to know more about what we're talking about and how we, how we have that collaborative effort and that, that whole conversation, not only with you as our client, but also with your family, give us a call. Phone number is 951-684-7011. Stay tuned for our next section. We're going to talk about tactical asset management. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned. He can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, 888-627-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that we talk about as tactical asset management. What we want to talk about is something we've talked about in the previous programs, and that is investing but mostly just being concerned about inflation. And I, I mean, even today, I've had conversation with clients that are just very concerned about inflation. And we look at a lot of factors and uh, we, we talk about it. How do, you, how do you deal with an inflationary environment with an investment portfolio? I mean, right. you know. Yeah, we've been talking, I mean, weekly, if not daily, <laughs> about these, <laughs> these ideas. And a lot of it, I, I see clients wanting to make a choice, not mm-hmm. wanting to just watch them. What we do is we watch it week by week, day by day, month by month. We are keeping an eye on um, what we see as, as the indications of inflation. You know, some is consumer prices, some is the, the treasury rates, uh, the yields on the 10-year treasury note and other, other items. And we're watching it and we right. are making adjustments as we see they're needed. And I think a lot of the, the articles we read or a lot of the concerns of clients is that they feel they need to lock into something now. And then just write it through. They think they think they're going to invest in, let's say, gold, for example. Uh, that's the most common commodity that, that they bring up as being a protector from inflation. And uh, I'm really hesitant to say to agree with that. I, yeah. Gold has had its moment, but we have not seen that moment continue uh, going forward. Right. One of some of you often bring with the clients, I think, is, is just a good piece of wisdom: is when they buy gold, they have it, but it doesn't produce income. 
mm-hmm. and it goes up to the extent that the world feels it's invaluable. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's, it's based on the sentiment of people. Right. And the, the biggest difference is it doesn't produce income. You don't get rents from it. You don't get dividends from it. It just sits there. And often, depending <laughs> how they're holding it, it, you know, it could be under their bed. It could be in a safe. Uh, we've had some clients who have storage facilities that they're paying to hold rent, the gold yeah. for them. They yeah. pay rent. It's a vault. Right. <laughs> right. It's a legitimate vault that holds their gold. And, and in that, the, the cost of that, and the lack of the income receiving from similar investments. I mean, we, like I said, we're, we're watching this and I, we still have our clients in stocks. We have them in traditional um, equities and bonds. We have commodities. We have a full gamut of things that our clients are invested in. And we're constantly watching for inflation, but we're not in a position that we see that we need to you know, pull a lever, right. move everything to gold, move everything to commodities move it to these kind of traditional items. One of the things interesting is the um, TIPS, the Treasury Inflation Protected right. Securities. They, they're great tools, but often they're what I would consider a cash equivalent. If you're mm-hmm. going to take all this money and it's just sitting in cash, well, then yeah, you're going to start losing yeah, I mean, if, value. If, if the TIPS were paying us, let's say 3% or something reasonable, but we're not getting that with TIPS. And even yeah. with the inflation, inflation is still they're pretty muted as far as right. what their rate of return is. Right. So compared to cash, it's a great option. You're going to keep right. up with inflation better than cash, but we don't have our clients sitting in cash. <laughs> you know, we, we haven't invested. Right. I mean, the market, the, the stock market is still growing. You know, the economy right. is reopening. We see hope and amidst that hope, we see con- some, some concerns about inflation. I, I just think it's a, um, it's a short-sighted move to, to pull that lever and move everyone to these, what I would call these safe havens to say, I got to keep up with inflation when we're blowing inflation out of the water with, with normal investing. Right. So I think, again, I always come down to a conversation I had with a client today. I said, I don't believe that we have scarcity. I don't believe, I I believe that we have abundance. Now, what we have is some transitory. If you go back and take a look at March of last year, the whole economy contracted for a very, very short period of time. So, of course, those people that needed to buy a car, those people that were were making purchases, all of a sudden, there's kind of like this this crowd effect, they come into the marketplace all at once. Well, they buy up all the dishwashers for crying out loud. (laughs) So now all of a sudden you have to let the manufacturers make enough dishwashers so that you get one on a timely basis. So it seems to be, um, like I said, I I don't believe it's something that's built into our our economy going forward. And the the, the odd moment that we're in is the people who work at the dishwasher factory are half on leave. You know, half of them are still (laughs) home. And so you're you're having this demand in the midst of a pandemic, you're basically you know, a, a situation where people are not back to work yet. Um, you know, California just opened as of today um, that restaurants and venues can be at full capacity. I'm hopeful that the economy can get back. I'm, I have concerns with childcare and you know, other things we sure. talked on previous episodes until September when kids get back in school that the economy will really be able to open. Um, but we're moving that direction. And the other item that we talk about, a lot about with inflation is not to fight the Fed right. with our investing. You know, I don't want to be in a place to say we're theoretically right, but all of our investments have gone down <laughs> because the Fed made some move. Um, either the U.S. government or, the, or the, the Federal Reserve has made a move that has changed everything. And they are, they are bent on pushing the economy forward. Yeah. And, and listening to the talking heads and all the news that comes at you, and of course, everybody is concerned about this or that. But I think you need to deep, dig deeper into the facts. Like one of the things that we looked at uh, just here in the last day or so is you would think that if inflationary concerns were really valid, that certain investments would be doing poorly. Like, for example, any of bonds that would be long-term duration. And I was really, uh, I paused when I looked at it, and there's a lot of money pouring into long-term duration bonds, 
which would be counter to the, what we're hearing on the radio or television right now. That's right. We talked a lot about this being transitory inflation. And you know, we're not putting a, state, uh, a flag in the sand saying this is what it will be. We're watching it. We're constantly watching it. But at the moment, it looks to be transitory. And that's just as you said, that's one of the telltale signs that we'll see, okay, these, these long-term um, investments through bonds specifically are, are, are going down. And bonds, and bonds give a lot of, um, I mean, they, they are really good indicators of what generally the economy is doing right now. Because bond market, most people don't even talk about bonds, but it's a very sensitive factor to the overall macroeconomics. And if you're looking at the different kinds of bonds, you know, from high yield down to government securities, um, and the duration, I think it's really important to understand what you're looking at when you look at some of that information. So, yeah. Anyway. And we've been talking about inflation. I think we're going to keep talking about inflation just because we have so many clients interested. Right. We have clients right. that, that are coming with these concerns and we're going to keep having these conversations probably for the next few years. Um, and and we'll, we'll follow it as it goes. And one of the things that I wanted to bring up in this segment though, is, is something that we haven't talked about for a while because of commodity pricing people on how they buy commodities. And of course you've got gold and silver, but you also have oil and lumber and steel. I mean, you got all these different mm-hmm. types of co- uh, commodities and people can get caught in what they what we refer to as contango. Because when you buy a commodity, oftentimes you're not buying the actual commodity, you're buying the future price of that commodity. It's a deliverable price. And, and if you're not a sophisticated investor, you can really get yourself caught actually buying high and selling low because the traders, the actual people that hold the commodity can can play that against you. And it can be, um, I, I've seen it over the decades I've been in this business is most people don't understand futures and how they really work. That's right. Yeah, it's a complex investment. And for someone who's going to wade in there just to beat inflation, right? Uh, they, they can lose their shirt. That's right. Yeah. And you would think, okay, I bought oil and oil prices are going up. And then you realize later on, wait a minute, how come I lost money on this investment? And and what it comes down to is you really didn't understand the complexity of the of the futures and things like that going forward. So if you'd like to talk to us more about investing, you know, managing assets, uh, we are fiduciaries and we work with an army of economists and we're gathering information on a continual basis to help people make smart decisions about their money. We'd like to talk to you if you're interested, if you're approaching retirement or in retirement, give us a call. Phone number is 951-684-7011 and ask either for myself, Randy Barkley or Jeremiah Lee. We'd be more than happy to talk to you about your circumstances. Stay tuned for our next section. We're going to talk about news you can use. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health. And like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that we refer to as news you can use. You know, with all of the people that we have talked to over the last year and many that are moving, Question is, is where do you move to? So there was this article in Wall Street Journal. I've had this now for since April, but it's called The Best Places to Retire. 
here's where to start. And it, it is a commentary by Glenn Ruffneck, and uh, he talks about different websites and such. But I think it's really interesting about how they pick and they select where you are best to retire, right? Yeah. There's, I mean, the, the way that I always look at it, not the right way, is that we go on a vacation somewhere, you think, I can live here. I could live here. We are coming to wherever <laughs> you're at. Yeah. And then you, you're there for a couple of days and you realize, oh, okay, I couldn't actually live here. This, this is not a long-term choice. But the, the real choice, I mean, people, it's often family. It's often where they want to go. We've had a number of clients leave California this, uh, this last year. And I'd say half of them are moving closer to family. Right. And I'd say the other half are moving um, to a location, to a, an environment they're more excited about. I mean, so that could be you know, a college town or you call it a main street town, you know, a, a, one, a, one, a one street town where you can know everybody. Um, they, got that, they got that Andy Griffith, May, what, Mayberry town yeah. syndrome. You yeah, know? yeah, they're looking for that. And I say the other most common is just the rural lifestyle. Right. They want to be out in the middle of the mountains. They want to be near a lake. They want to see, like you said, deer. They, they, they want to have that um, kind of lifestyle. And part of that is wonderful. Part of that's a retirement dream. And we've seen a number of clients do it. And one of the conversations we often have is how is this really going to work? Uh, you know, we do all the financial plan and say, yes, financially, this can work. But I think it's the, the next step, which I enjoy with the clients is, is the, uh, I'll say psychological, but the, the personal side, you know, what is this really going to look like for you? Well, I mean, how far, I mean, the first question I always ask is, is there family? And if they're moving and there's no family in that particular destination and all the kids and grandkids are back here, let's say, or someplace else, um, that could be a hard choice down the road. That could be something that could be a rude awakening down, down the road a few months or years. Yeah. Miss, missing family. Yeah. I think the other one is we always talk about is medical mm-hmm. of you know, people who live in a big city. You have access to some great hospitals, to great treatments, uh, great resources, and you move to a more rural environment and the closest hospital may be six hours away. And that, that's fine you know, for now. <laughs> that, that's great. That's not a problem. Provided nothing happens. Provided nothing happens. But as people age and get into um, more needs, um, just on a regular basis, will those resources be available? Will they be, will they be um, accessible? Yeah, it se- seems to be the primary reason that people are leaving California. Of course, they want to escape the income tax of California. It's it's one of the highest in the state, in the country. And the other is the congestion. They want to get to someplace that is not as congested. And from that, it's it's an environment, you know, that is what they perceive as more, I call the blue sky syndrome. But um, this particular article, this talks about it gives you a list and gives you several websites that you can go to. In fact, I was on it last night, kind of going through it. And some of the places, I hate to tell you folks, California isn't even on the list on all these different websites. So California is clearly not one of the top destination spots, not even in the top 10. But there's several different websites that you can uh, plug into and you can go into it. One of the areas that, I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting, how many people in the, in the Midwest, I mean, like Madison, Wisconsin seems to be kind of at the top of the list mm-hmm. for a lot of these different uh, websites. Honestly, I've never been to Madison, Wisconsin. I'm sure it's a beautiful spot in the world, but it's one of the key areas for retirement. You know, and I wonder with some of these, where the folks are coming from, you know, right. if, if it is people just leaving California, I mean, we, we see a year, a lot of the real estate prices in California have gone extremely high. So we have a number of clients who just see this as their moment to exit, right? To say, I, I worked here, I've paid taxes here, I've owned a home here, and now I'm ready to go somewhere else. And, and maybe it's California <laughs> invading all of those states. Maybe, maybe it's other, other, other people going. But yeah, some of those spots are little slices of heaven that people are looking for. If you're looking for to uh, make a transition to make a move, you know, we'd be more than happy to send this out to you. Just just call our office at 951-684-7011 and just say, I'd like to have a copy of the article the guys were talking about called The Best Places to Retire. 
we'll send you a free reprint and you can go on the website and do your own fantasy search uh, to find the best place for you. Anyway, anything you'd like to hear any more about or any more, any additional information, just give us a call or just go to our website at www.retirementunlimited.com and we're more than happy to send you out some additional information. Until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley. For more information about today's show or other questions regarding your retirement planning, call Randy at 951-684-7011. That's 951-684-7011. Remember, retirement planning is a process, not a product. So call Randy at 951-684-7011 or visit his website at retirementunlimited.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another edition of Retirement Unlimited. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances. The information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors, Inc. is a registered investment advisor.